Does everybody have their Bibles this morning? Amen. Amen. Would you turn them to the book of Acts, chapter 20? Acts, chapter 20. All right, beginning in verse 18. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you all, with you at all seasons, excuse me, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. And how I kept Back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses In every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Verse 24, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Let's pray. Father, I love you and praise you. Thank you for this opportunity Be in your house with your people, Lord, as we worship you and break the bread of life. I just pray that, Lord, you'll just give me the words to say. Lay on uh, my heart and my mind those things that I've studied that I might share this morning to, again, feed and encourage your people. Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you, Lord, I just pray that before we close the doors, Lord, this morning, we end our service, that they'll come to know you as Lord and Savior, before it's too late. Whatever the need may be, Lord, may they have liberty to come to you this morning. Be with those prayer requests, Lord, that have been written down, those that have been spoken, even those that are unspoken on our heart. We pray your will be done. Again, Father, thank you for our salvation and the assurance of it. Thank you for eternal life through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Again, Father, be with me now as I stand. Share your holy word, for I ask it in Jesus' mighty name this morning. Amen. Be seated, please. Don't be afraid this morning, because I've only got four little topwater points, okay? We won't be here till 2.30 or 3 o'clock, all right? Uh, but I'd like to begin by asking you a question. What kind of influence do you have on other people? Are you an influence? I pray every one of you are an influence. For Christ, of course. But my prayer is that you're living a life worth living. A life of 
purpose. You know, life isn't easy. It's hard at times. There's lots of things that go on in a life. But, you know, what we have here is an example the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul loved the Lord with all of his heart. And, and God called him to a ministry. In fact, here he's just finishing up his third missionary journey. He has preached the gospel. He's reached multitudes. Churches have been established and organized. But now, through the Spirit... He's being compelled to go back to Jerusalem. If you've read the Word of God, Paul had some issues with Jerusalem. You see, the Jews were waiting for him to come back because they wanted him dead. And understand this morning, sometimes God asks us to do things that don't make sense to us. In fact... According to the flesh, we don't want no part of what God wants us to do. But that was never the issue with the Apostle Paul. Whatever God told him to do as he was led by the Spirit of God, he did it. Because he had a purpose. And he was living a life worth living. So, the first point I want to make as far as a life worth living, a life of purpose is it has to be a settled life. And what I mean by that is, first of all, Paul knew beyond a shadow of a doubt who his Savior was. You see, Paul knew Jesus as his personal Savior. He also knew that he had an anchor. He had a rock that no matter what storms came his way, and believe me, he faced many storms in life. Amen? And so do we. Do we not face storms in life? But you see, he had an anchor that he knew that dug deep. He could trust God, and it was settled. No matter what he was going to face in Jerusalem, he knew God was there for him. And no matter what we face in life today, God is there with us. But listen to me, especially you younger generation. You better make sure you have salvation. And you better make sure that the Lord is your anchor. Because let me just tell you, you're not going to stand for anyone that you don't know. Amen? Not going to do it. You must be anchored in Christ. And that was settled on the road to Damascus with the Apostle Paul. He got that settled. And let me go ahead and tell you this morning. Salvation isn't religion. Salvation is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Not about being a church member. It's not about good works being good. It's not about never committing sin. And by the way... If you're here this morning and you've never committed a sin, I want to talk to you. Because I'm doing something wrong. Amen? Uh, I guess we're all in the same boat. We're sinners, huh? We're either safe sinners or we're lost sinners, but we're sinners. And it took God's only begotten Son to come into the world to atone for our sins because we weren't capable of doing it ourselves. So, 
again in order to live a life of purpose and live a wonderful life, it's got to be settled. You must be settled with your faith in the Lord. And that was the Apostle Paul. He was settled. Now, you and I had the Spirit said, go to Jerusalem where they're waiting, lying in wait to cause you either harm or death or even throw you in prison and throw away the key. You go. If that would have been me and you, what would we have done? Run the other way. Kind of like Jonah. Remember, God told him to go to Nineveh. He ran. Yes, he did, and it was a whale. That wouldn't have been fun. But my point is this. It was settled. And you know, he said, dearly beloved, Paul, speaking to the Corinthians, he said, dearly beloved, he said, listen, be unmovable. Do those things, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's in 1 Corinthians 15, about the last verse there, 58, I think. He said, don't be shaken, unmovable, pertaining to the work of God. Why? Because we don't labor in vain, whatever we do for the Lord. Boy, Baptists need to get that in their heads. It's all for the Lord, and we're not laboring in vain. Now, the world will tell you, you and I are wasting our time. Why would you even go to church Sunday morning? Why would you get up, get cleaned up, take a shower on Sunday, not stay in bed, not watch TV? Why would you do that? Because we're not laboring in vain. We are serving the living God. And that's why we're here this morning. Amen? Now, notice what he says, verse 24. But none of these things move me. (laughs) Think about that statement. Paul already knew. He had enemies. He already knew that there's going to be some storms coming. It's already blowing. The wind's blowing. But he said, none of those things Moved me. Why? Because he had it settled. He had deep roots in the anchor, the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ. He was saved. And beloved, the storms may come and they may go in our lives, but understand as long as we are rooted in Christ, we have a deep anchor in him, that rock. No matter what the storm, we will be able to overcome it. Amen? Understand that this morning. And then notice what else he said. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. You see, what Paul was saying is there, I'm not living for Paul, I'm living for Jesus. You see, the life I have is in Christ. I am not living for myself. Wouldn't it be nice today if you and I were totally surrendered to that fact? I'm not living for me. 
I'm living for the Lord. You see, there's so many out there, and let's just be honest this morning, since we're in God's house, how many of us are living for me? How many of us are living for our jobs, our families? How many of us are living for everything except the Lord? You see, what does the Lord mean to you? What does He mean to me? He should mean everything. He should be the top priority. Amen? Amen. What does God require from us, His children? I beseech you, brethren. By the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice. Holy and that which is acceptable unto God. Not me. You see, Paul was not only settled, but he was surrendered to that life. How surrendered are you this morning? How surrendered am I this morning? You see, we love to talk spiritually. Oh, I'm so submitted. I'm such a good boy. God can always count on me. God needs me. No, he don't need none of us. We need him all the time. But he don't need none of us. He can call for the rocks. To praise and glorify him. Think about that. Sometimes us Baptists sound like a bunch of rocks. In a cement mixer. Y'all ever heard rocks in a cement mixer? It's not a pretty noise. But my point is this. We love to talk just how spiritual we are. When we know we're not completely surrendered to the Lord like we claim to be. Because again, if we'll be honest in the house of God this morning, generally it's about me. It's my way. It's what makes me happy. When it should be, Lord, your will be done in my life always. Lord, I've got to decrease and you have to increase. That's where it ought to be. Notice, Paul, on the road to Damascus, surrendered his entire life. Let me ask you, have you done that? You say, well, it's a work in progress. Amen. And it is hard because we do have responsibilities. We do have family. We do have jobs. But... We can do it. We just have to get self out of the way. Here's Paul. He's been faithful and committed since God called him to be the apostle to the Gentiles. And he preached the gospel faithfully. And believe me, there was times he was cast into prison. There was times he was beaten. There was times he was shipwrecked. There was times that, you know, the saying is, I've read, theologians have said, 
any city that Paul went into, the very first place that he went was not the synagogue. He wanted to find out where he would end up spending the night in jail at first. Isn't that amazing? Because he knew someone was going to come up against him, especially the Jews, because he was preaching another gospel according to the Jews. So notice a life worth living, a life of purpose, settled, surrendered. And look at verse 24 again. So that I might finish my course with joy, a life of satisfaction. You say, was that man in his right mind? He was in his right mind. But the world would have said no. He can't be right. How can he have joy knowing he's fixing to be persecuted or even killed? How can he have joy? I'll tell you why. Because he had the peace of the Lord that passes all understanding in his life. You see, we have as believers something that the world can't ever have until they come to Christ just like us. And it is a joy and a peace. You see... Understand, he was satisfied. How satisfied are you this morning in your walk with Christ? You see, if there's any issue there, you can get that settled this morning. You can come to the Lord and say, I need help. I've got several areas in my walk that I'm weak with. You're going to have to help me, Lord. And he'll do it. And there's nothing greater than the satisfaction that only Christ can give. You see, even though he's going back to Jerusalem and he might have to face the high priest, he wasn't worried about facing that high priest because he had faced the face of the Lord. And with it came joy. I'll tell you what, all this material stuff out here does not bring me joy. That's right, but it does not give me joy. Only Christ can give you joy. In fact, turn to Philippians chapter 3 real quick. Look at what he says here in Philippians 3. Look at verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. 
and be found in him not having mine own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Think about that for just a second. Think about what he's trying to say there. Paul was a Pharisee. He was very accomplished, a learned man, a wealthy man. Paul, in his day, according to society there, would have had the world by the tail. Respect, he had it all. But what did he say? I'll put it in layman terms. All that I have ever accomplished in this life is nothing but dung. And I don't have to tell you what dung is, right? I can tell you what it is, but okay. In the country, there's lots of dung. Uh, The point is, what was it that he wanted in life? He wanted to know more about his Savior. He wanted to take part in the resurrection. He wanted to attain the excellency and knowledge of his Savior. You know, that should be our desire. That should be our prayer. And a life worth lived, that is exactly what it is. I was thinking of people that have been an influence to me. I asked you a question. Who have you influenced? You know a man back home in Arkansas, his name's Brother Truman Lewis. Farmer. Little place called Pencil Bluff, Arkansas. Pencil Bluff, mm-hmm. Lum and Abner land for some of y'all. God saved him. He was in the Vietnam War. Silver Star, Bronze Star. Never talked about it. He was a hero. But a farmer that loved the Lord, he gave his heart to him, and he became a deacon at his church. And God began to deal with his heart and said, you need to go to China with some Bibles. So him and his wife and their little boy Rusty flew over to China. Got Bibles, I don't know how, it wasn't through the airline, but there was Bibles there. And he started passing out Bibles to people. He was arrested. Of course, his wife and his son were sent home. An official from our embassy came from the American consulate and said, Hey, what were you thinking? I don't think we're going to be able to get you out of here. It might be a long time. He says, Whatever. I'm doing what God has led me to do. He says, my concern is not about me, but my concern is about my wife and my child. And they said, no, the government's going to let them go. 
but they can never come back to China. Two weeks, people started praying in his church. And others that knew him in his community started praying. Two weeks. You know what they did? They released him. And he flew home. Now it's true, he can never go to China again. But my point is this. He is an influence. Just like the Apostle Paul, when the Spirit of God moves you, you have to do what the Spirit leads you to do. Whether you want to or not. And I'm here to tell you, the Spirit can sometimes ask you to do something. And it's not always comfortable. But do it. And if the Spirit has led you to do anything, I'll, I'll, I won't charge you for this. If the Spirit's led you to do anything, do it and stay until you hear His voice again and He tells you to move on. Amen? But do what He leads you to do. Don't be afraid of trusting God. Because that's what the Apostle Paul did. He just trusted God. He knew his job wasn't done, although he wanted to finish his course. And that leads me to the fourth point about a life worth living. It's a secure life. You see, when you're saved, you don't have to worry about death. That's handled. Amen? You say, but we're going to die. I mean, we're going to literally, you're going to die physically if he doesn't come back in your lifetime. But spiritually, understand this morning, you'll be more alive than you are right now. Understand, death is nothing to fear. When you're a Christian, that's right. You don't, believe me, before I became a Christian, I didn't like going to sleep at night. I kind of was afraid I might not wake up. (laughs) Understand. Yes, ma'am. Understand. But the Lord takes that fear away when you have that peace that passes all understanding. And let me tell you, this old mortal might die one day. This old flesh, if he doesn't come back in my lifetime, I'm going to die. But listen to me and listen to me. Get this. There is not enough demons in hell to keep me dead and not living with my Lord. I know for a matter of fact, because he lives, I'm going to also. His resurrection guarantees my resurrection. I am not worried about that. I am secure in life. And Paul was secure. And by the way, he went to Jerusalem. Yeah, he had a few issues there. But God was still not done with him. In fact, what was Paul's desire? I got to get to Rome. I want to go to Rome. Why would you want to go to Rome, Paul? Well, the emperor's there. Caesar's there. I need to 
get the gospel to Caesar. And to make a long story short, God allowed him. That was the desire of his heart. God allowed him to go. And he preached in the palace. But he also lost his head. But he was secure in his life. You see, he lived a life of purpose. His life wasn't for him. It was for the Lord and for others. How do I know that? Look at the last part of the verse. He says, That I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. You see, it wasn't Paul's ministry. It was the Lord's ministry. And Paul knew that the Lord's ministry would be carried out. So he wasn't afraid. He wasn't concerned. And beloved, when it comes to a life worth living, you and I should not be concerned with the world or the things of the world. We shouldn't be concerned with, oh, am I going to have to make an ultimate sacrifice? Well, Jesus did it 2,000 years ago on a cross. He made the ultimate sacrifice when he atoned for the sins of the world. And if he suffered for my sake and your sake, wouldn't it only be right if we had to suffer a little bit? Absolutely. It's amazing to me. People, I don't know what God wants me to do. Serve him. Commit yourself to him. Live for him. That's all he wants. That's what he wants. He didn't save us just to take up space in a pew. He saved us for service. So I want to ask you one more time. What kind of influence are you? What kind of life are you living? Is it a life of purpose? You living a life that honors and pleases God? If not, we're fixing to have an invitation and you can come up and ask God to help you. Maybe you're here and you're not saved. Like I said earlier, Paul got that settled. You need to get that settled when it comes to salvation. Listen, that's the only thing that's going to matter. When you stand before the Lord, what did you do with Jesus? I received him as my Savior. By the way, we won't have to tell God because he already knows those that are his. But if you're here and you've not accepted Christ as your Savior, we want to give you that opportunity. Maybe there's somebody even here that's an influence to you. You've watched them serve the Lord faithfully year after year. Why not come up and thank the Lord for them? And then why not go to them and say, we love you and I appreciate your example. You know, I look around and please don't get mad at me, golden agers, because I'm one. 
so you can't get mad at me. But society says, y'all just too old. Y'all ain't good for nothing anymore. That's not what God says. You see, you have stepped up to the plate and led our generation, and we want to thank you for that. And to this younger generation, God help them. God help them. Because I want you to understand, you know, it's a different generation. People respected God. They respected the church. The word of God. But today they don't. You're right, sister, they don't. But the sad thing is, What's happened to all the examples? Our older folks are those examples. They have lived it. They have lived the life and a life of purpose. And they have been examples. Thank God for you. But we got a group coming behind us. If the Lord tarries, we have to stand in the gap. And we have to be examples. So, in close, little top water message. But my prayer is that you'll take these little old four attributes and you'll apply them to your life. And then you will live a life of purpose, a meaningful life, and others will follow your example. You follow Jesus first, and you follow after those who follow him. Amen? Stand with me, please. Father, that's the message. Thank you for your encouragement and your word this morning. Thank you for Apostle Paul. Thank you, Lord, for his stand and the life he lived in the example to us, Lord, that he's provided. Father, I don't know the hearts of those that are here, but if there's a need, I pray that during the invitation that need will be met, especially if there's one that doesn't know Christ and the free pardon of sin. Thank you for your sacrifice, Lord. Thank you for dying to reconcile us to God, paying penalty for our sins. And Lord, now as we give the invitation. May your spirit move and may he deal with hearts. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.